In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hello and welcome back to Issues Week on the Politically Georgia podcast, where we're discussing the issues in Georgia's race for governor. I'm Greg Bluestein, and I'm here with Ariel Hart, the AJC's hardworking healthcare reporter, discussing what else but healthcare. And let's talk specifically about Medicaid in the Georgia governor's race. Welcome, Ariel. Well, hello. Well, let's get a uh, sort of a, a base level understanding of one of the biggest issues in this race, expanding Medicaid. What What is the Medicaid program? What, what would expansion in Georgia look like? Okay, so uh, Medicaid expansion stems from the Affordable Care Act that was passed under President Obama in 2010. And through a long series of events, we wound up with a whole slew of poor people who are not covered. They don't have Medicaid, they can't afford private insurance, they are just uncovered, and then they walk into ER rooms anyways when they break a bone, because they're not going to walk around with a broken bone, and then hospitals have to cover that cost to stay them. Uh, the way it came about was that the Affordable Care Act authors uh, wrote into the law that states would simply expand Medicaid to cover that group of people, the people from zero income up to um, 138% of the federal poverty level. And that's how we would deal with them while people who actually make a bit more money would qualify for subsidies. So that would have been all well and good, but that was ruled unconstitutional, that you can't force a state to expand Medicaid. And so that was going to be a choice that each state would have after the Affordable Care Act was implemented. And so predictably, it wound up kind of a political football. Liberal states, boom, went and expanded Medicaid. Uh, more conservative states, it ended up being more of a hot potato, and a bunch of states, including Georgia, did not. And there's something like 34 states now that have expanded Medicaid, right? The the number is the vast majority of states have done it. A lot of those conservative states that at first uh, balked have gone ahead and done it. Even in the last year, you've really got kind of a popular sentiment moving expansion forward. Virginia, um, I think Utah either has done it or has a measure on the ballot. Some of these are even by referendum. And something interesting happened in Georgia. I remember it was the 2002 Republican National Convention where Governor Deal said for the first time unequivocally that Georgia, he would not support Georgia expanding Medicaid. He was under a lot of pressure, though, uh, to get more federal funding, some sort of waiver program, whatever it might be. And in 2014, when he was facing reelection against Jason Carter and there was legitimate Republican concerns that Governor Deal could lose, 
there was an emergency legislation that passed that required legislative approval to expand Medicaid. So it is no longer just a governor's decision anymore. It is now up to the entire General Assembly. Right. And to be honest, it was never going to be just one or the other. It would be very difficult for a governor to say, hey, I want to do this, and then for the legislature to hate the idea and just hang back. You are always going to have to have buy-in from both of those groups. But this is official. It's the legislature's decision. But there is some wiggle room still with waivers. And we've heard a lot from Republican governors over the years, or Republicans over the years, about waivers that would give the state more flexibility to have block grants, to spend money as they, as, they, as they deem fit on Medicaid expansion. And Governor Deal has even openly toyed with waivers over the years. Um, to, to no avail so far, there has been no you know, right. broad-based waiver, but that seems to be sort of the Republican alternative uh, to, to expanding uh, Medicaid whole hog. Um, how many people would get covered under a Medicaid expansion in Georgia? The numbers vary, but we're thinking maybe um, over 400000 And the cost estimates vary, too. I've seen estimates from you know, nearly $300 million to uh, the, the state uh, got a fiscal note earlier this year on what it would cost uh, and sent it to House Minority Leader Bob Trammell. It was uh, uh, more like $500 million. So it's, it's not an insignificant part of the state budget. And Republicans often say that even if the federal government covers the, the large majority of the tab, that in the long run, it will be too costly for Georgia. Yeah, and, the, and that really kind of depends on who you're asking. But the vast majority of analysts have said that the, um, that the federal infusion of money would be um, kind of overwhelming compared to the state investment. That's not to say that the state investment is nothing. Even the people who are advocating for this concede that you would have to either, um, say, raise the tobacco tax to the uh, regional average in order to cover it, or, um, you know, you're going to have to find the money somehow. That's a good segue to Stacey Abrams, because she makes Medicaid expansion start and finish, the central point to just about, to a lot of what she talks about on the campaign trail. Um, When she's talking about fighting the opioid epidemic, it's Medicaid expansion. When she's talking about bolstering rural hospitals and helping small town communities, it's Medicaid expansion. And when she talks about economic development, even in larger communities like Metro Atlanta, it's Medicaid expansion, which will have a trickle down effect, she argues, uh, and and also help uh, lower income people stay healthy. Right. Um, and and you really can't deny that when you have a massive infusion of money into a system, it's going to have all kinds of trickle down effects. Now, how to pay for it is a big question. Um, she says she'll start. She would start to try to pay for it by ending certain tax credits, like the private school scholarship tax credit, which is about worth a hundred million dollars a year. That's a hundred million towards it. She talks about uh, discretionary funds. Every year, Georgia, um, you know, increases about nine hundred million dollars worth of revenue, and she'd funnel some of that money towards a Medicaid expansion. Of course, a lot of that money is already spoken for with other state health care costs and, right. and the growth of the state school system. So it's not going to be an easy. Uh, uh, task, especially with the Republican-controlled legislature. It's not. And I think what you're going to see her keep pounding on is the money that Georgia's giving up. Billions of dollars of federal money that Georgia is helping to finance that go to other states but could be coming here if we would make that smaller match. Let's shift to the Republicans. 
there, and we should we should add that there are a growing number of Republicans, including several Senate Republican leaders like Senator Renee Unterman, who who chairs the Health and Human Services Committee in the state Senate, who are supportive of Medicaid expansion. But for the for the vast majority of Republicans in the Georgia legislature, still oppose it as too costly in the long run. Um, Brian Kemp is is among them. Um, he has said flat out multiple times that he does not support Medicaid expansion. It's too costly, and he, he calls it a failed program. Yes, he does. He calls Medicaid a failed program. Um, and, and we should also be clear about where the Georgia public stands. The, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has pulled this issue year after year, and there has always been a solid majority of Georgia voters who favor Medicaid expansion. And now it's, it's just in the really high numbers, about three-quarters, well over 70 percent of Georgians favor Medicaid expansion, and now it's even a majority of Republicans. So the tide sort seems to be shifting. Uh, there could be wiggle room a little bit, not for Medicaid expansion for, for, for a governor camp if he's elected, but um, he does say he supports or he's open to what he calls Affordable Care Act waivers, not Medicaid waivers, but Affordable <laughs> Care Act <Does> waivers, <laughs> um, that would stabilize the private insurance market. This would be modeled after what Wisconsin's Republican regime did um, you know, years ago, uh, basically helping private insurance companies, pr- people who have private insurance, uh, subsidize their, their premiums. So... Um, what really matters when you get into waiver territory is what are the contours of the waiver that you want to do. There are states um, like I think Arkansas that have done waivers where the waiver essentially just expanded Medicaid and you got um, a big coverage program that covered all kinds of what we call or um, you know what opponents sometimes call uh, able-bodied adults. Um, and then there are waivers that can do things like offer coverage, but not if you are, quote unquote, able-bodied um, and, and basically trying to put in a working requirement. And a couple more things he's, he's highlighting is the flexibility, which right. is the argument Republicans have long made, which is don't tell us how to spend the money. Exactly. Let, us, let us decide, yeah. let the state decide. And also rural hospital tax credits. Um, you know, there, there's a, 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 there is a legitimate crisis going on with rural hospitals. More than what, at least eight have closed over the last decade or so. Um, many more are financially strapped, and they are the backbone of the communities. And law, lawmakers here in Georgia passed a rural tax credit um, hospital program um, that is somewhat in jeopardy right now because of other tax code changes. But for now, Kemp and Jeff Duncan, who's the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor, are looking to expand those to help bolster that network. Yeah, and you know, it's it's especially this year. I think much to some folks' surprise, the um, the tax credits capped out because there was a, there was a cap, right? That they uh, that uh, very popular, yeah, tax very credit. very popular. Uh, every everybody who could donate um, donated to the maximum, and that brought in a lot of money for rural hospitals. I think that the hospitals themselves are glad to have the money. They're supportive of any effort that helps them uh, keep the doors open and the payroll made, but that they don't see that as a permanent solution, especially when you start getting into recession territory, which is maybe coming around the corner in a year or two. Um, you know, people are going to have a lot less money to donate, and they want something more um, systematic. And one other thing is for sure 
Healthcare remains one of the top issues for Georgia voters. Yep. It's one reason why Stacey Abrams has been uh, talking about it left and right. Um, and Brian Kemp got some criticism uh, recently in the campaign for not focusing on as much. He has started to increase his focus on, on health care as November nears. And it will continue to be a hot issue. Well, Ariel, thanks for joining us. Thank you. That is all for this Issues Week episode. Stay tuned for our next episode. You can head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia, where you'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us because we really appreciate your feedback. And as always, thank you for listening. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.